Hello everyone and welcome back to the Scouting God Podcast. In this podcast, we're going to try to read all the Mary Batch books that Scouting has to offer. In this episode, we are going to be going over the second class rank requirements. Um, let's just get right into it. The next requirement is requirement for under nature. Identify or show evidence of at least 10 kinds of wild animals, such as birds, mammals, reptiles, fish, or mollusks. Find in your local area or camping location. You may show evidence by tracks, signs, or photographs that you have taken. Nature. Scouts, hikes, and campouts are good times to observe wild animals. You also can find plenty of evidence of animals in your neighborhood, even if you live in the middle of a city. Try to figure out a little bit on how animals discover life. What do they need to survive? How do they raise the young? What do they eat? Are they prey to other animals, or do they have predators, or are they both? Just as trees can be divided into broadleaf trees and conifer trees, animals can be placed into two groups, vertebrates and invertebrates. Vertebrates. Vertebrates have backbones. They are further divided into five groups, fish, amphibians, reptiles, birds, and mammals. Fish. Fish are cold-blooded, live in water, and breathe through gills in their bodies, and are covered with scales. Amphibians. Most frogs, toads, newts, salamanders, and other amphibians start life in the water as gilled aquatic larvae that have hatched from eggs. Adults breathe air through lungs and generally live on land. Reptiles. Snakes, alligators, crocodiles, lizards, and turtles are all reptiles. They are cold-blooded, air-breathing animals that are covered in scales or bony plates. Some move on short legs. Others, like snakes, slither along their, on their bellies. Some common vertebrates are tortoise, black-haired jackrabbit, American bullfrog, white-trailed deer, woodchuck, striped skunk, porcupine, red squirrel, river otter, red wolf, beaver, moose, elk, badger, opossum, alligator, Velno dolphin, red salamander, Florida manatee, and eastern diamondback rattlesnake. GPS animal tracking. For decades, scientists have attached radio transmitters to wild animals in order to monitor their populations and track their migration patterns. Today, they are incredibly using GPA receivers to do the same job. While more expensive, the technology is more accurate and works in all weather, so the animals don't have to be recaptured. Some GPS callers detail automatically, while others upload data on a regular schedule. Birds. Birds are warm-blooded animals with wings and feathers. They hatch their young from eggs. Mammals. Deer, bears, foxes, squirrels, and other mammals are warm-blooded vertebrates and have some kind of fur or hair. They nurse their babies with milk. Invertebrates. Invertebrates are animals that do not have backbones. They generally outnumber the plant's vertebrates and can be divided into many more groups. The largest invertebrate group is made up of anthropods, insects, arachnids, such as spiders and scorpions, and crustaceans, such as crabs and shrimp. The mollusk group, second in size to the arthropods, includes snails, clams, oysters, mussels, and squid. How to find evidence of animals. Looking, listening, and smelling, and touching are all ways you can gather evidence of animals in your neighborhood and in the backcountry. Looking. Hawks in flight can use the movement of small animals far below owls, see well enough in the dark to fly silently among the branches of trees. Human eyes are not as sharp as those of hawks and owls, but our eyes can still tell us plenty about our surroundings. Slow down and give your eyes time to notice what is all around you. You might start by glancing quickly at a forest or a front yard and carefully carefully examining one tree. Try getting down on your hands and knees and inspecting a squirrel foot of earth. Look for animal footprints. 
and overturned stones, tufts of fur cotton twigs, or a feather on the ground. Be alert to movement in the brush, in the water, and in the sky. Use a magnifying glass or binoculars for an even closer look. Scat. Droppings called scat are evidence of animals' diet. Back seats apart with the stick, not with your hands. Remains of seeds, skins of berries, and bits of leaves suggest the animals are herbivore, an animal that only eats plants. Small bones, fur, and other feathers might appear in the scat of carnivores, an animal that feeds on other animals. Mixed scat includes omnivore, an animal whose diet both animals and plants. With practice, you can learn to identify animals by their scat. For example, mouse scat looks like chocolate sprinkles, deer scat looks like chocolate-covered raisins, and coyote scat looks like dog droppings. Listening. Sit quietly, and you will discover that the outdoors is full of sounds. The buzz of insects and the cracking of frogs can be mating calls. Slap of a beaver's tail might be warnings. Sometimes it is in the absence of sound that is important. When the birds suddenly stop singing, it could be because they have noticed a cat or other threat nearby, or maybe they've seen you. Uh, many animals have good hearing. The ears of deers are shaped like big scoops that can be turned in any direction to pick up faint, faraway sounds. You can increase your own hearing by cupping your hands behind your ears. Turning your head from side to side might help you pinpoint the location of a sound. Smelling. A keen sense of smell is as important as some animals as hearing and seeing are to others. Ants lie down on an aroma trails that lead them back to their nests. Wolves sniff the wind of first sights of prey. Elk are startled by the smell of predators near them. Mountain lions mark their territory with the scent of their urine. Even though humans in the outdoors depend less on smell, your nose can still provide clues onto what's going on. Notice the scenes of flowers, trees, soil, and moss. A fresh stream smells different from an algae-covered pond. The scent of an animal carcass may reveal its location. Touching. A snake flicks out its tongue by picking up the vibrations in the air. Uh, nerves running along the bodies of fish alert them to changes in the water. With whiskers or feelers, moles and opossums rely on touch more than upon their other senses. Even animals with sharp eyesight or finely tuned noses are aware of the feel of things around them. You can use touch to better understand your surroundings too. Feel the texture of leaves. Some are rough, others smooth. Weigh stones in your hand to wade in ponds. Crawl through tall grass, roll in the snow, Imagine what it would feel like to live as different animals. Birds. Birds are among the animals that you are most likely to see around your home and during hikes and campouts. Lifetime lice of those they have seen. Watching birds can be a satisfying part of your outdoor adventure and a good practice for developing your power of observation. Common birds. Canadian goose. Eastern bluebird. Bread-tailed hawk. Northern cardinal. Common loon on nest. Ruby-thorded hummingbird. Red-winged blackbird. Scissor-tailed flatcher, brown pelican, seller's joy, bald eagle, white ibs, common tern, western murloc, western tanger, greater roadrunner, blue joy, house wren, great blue horn, now bird. Scan the trees and take time to watch the birds that you notice. Binoculars can help you make out small details. Use a bird identification book for your area to discover the names of birds and to learn about their habits. The internet and mobile apps provide a wealth of information for identifying birds and for learning about their habits and ranges. Unlike books, they can let you listen to bird calls or watch videos of birds in flight.
Your patrol can keep a notebook in which you can list all the birds you see on your outings. You might be able to attract the birds by whistling with a hunter's call duck or a goose call. You can try bringing waterfall close. An old stalking trick is to make a smacking sound by kissing the back of your hand. Birds recognize the sound as distress call may be drawn towards you. As you observe birds, six of birds identification can give you a quick way to gather clues that can help you identify a bird and help you solve some of the mysteries about how it lives. The six S's of bird identification. Size, sweep, shape, song, shading, and surroundings. Size. A hummingbird is just a few inches long and weighs only ounces. A turkey vulture weighs several pounds and has a wingspan of over three feet or more. When you see a bird, compare its sizes with those of birds you know. Is the new one larger than a sparrow and the same size as a robin, smaller than a crow? Can you think of ways the size of a bird might affect how it gathers food, makes its nest, and avoid predators? Shape. A bird's shape helps its environment. The powerful talons of eagles and owls allow them to grip their prey and lift it into the sky. The longer, slender legs of the horn let it wade in the waters where it can feed on small fish. The beaks of finches allow them to eat the kinds of seeds, berries, or other foods present in the environment. Shading. Birds' feathers helps many birds attract mates. For others, drab colors act as a camouflage so that the birds can blend into their backgrounds. The Parker Min is a good example. Its brown feathers hides it during summers in mountains forests. When winter comes, the partimigen's feathers become as white as the snow. Sweep refers to the movement a bird makes. Some loop across the ground or scurry along a flask waddle. Others fit from tree to tree. Swarming birds can catch updrafts of wind and other without flapping their wings. Some birds catch updrafts of wind and hover without flapping their wings. Some birds catch updrafts of wind and hover without flapping their wings. Some birds dive into cold mountain stream. Close observations of the sweep of a bird might lead to the most interesting part of bird watching, seeing how each has adopted to its own surroundings. Song Birds use their songs to warn off danger guard their territories, and find mates. Sometimes they sound as though that they are singing for the sheer joy of making noise. When you know that the songs are the birds, you can help identify them even without seeing them. A good way to learn bird songs is to hike with bird watchers who already know a few bird songs. They can teach you how the songs of each species differ from all the others. Surroundings. From the Arctic to the equator, all the way to Antarctica, birds seem to be everywhere. Like all animals, a bird must be able to get the things it needs from its surroundings, or it will die. It must find food, water, shelter, and a mate so that it can breed and raise young. The first five S's, size, shape, shading, song, and sweep, are ways that birds have adapted to S. Number six, surroundings. Tracking. Every animal travels on lands or leaves tracks. Footprints, bent grass, broken twigs, chewed leaves, scat, rubbered bark, a shiny strip of slime. Following these and other clues can teach you much about the habits of animals. With a little luck, the tracks might lead you to where the creature is themselves. Tracking is a skill that you can master over time. Practice in your yard and in parks or fields and forests. Here's how to get started. Find some tracks to follow. Winter snow can reveal a surprising number of tracks. During other seasons, try the soft soil near ponds and streams. In dry country, scan for dust for prints and look for pebbles and brush that might have been disturbed. Study a single track. Examine one fingerprint footprint and fix its details in your mind. You might measure it and make a sketch of it or take a photograph. 
These memory aids can help you stay in a trail, even if other animals have crossed the tracks that you are following. Track early or late. Shadows cast an animal's footprints early in the morning and late in the day. Makes tracks easier to see. Thinking like the animal. If you lose the trail, ask yourself where you would go if you were the animal, and then look in that direction. Mark the last point with the stick so that you can find it again. Explore all around until you find more evidence of animal's route. Collecting tracks. Perhaps you have heard of the hiking slogan, take only photographs, leave only footprints. Here's a way that you can bring home some footprints too. When out tracking, carry some plaster of Paris, water, cardboard strips with you. You can find an animal print that you want to preserve, notch the ends of the cardboard strip from it into a collar, and place it around the print. Mix up the plaster according to the instructions on the label. Pour out the plaster into the collar. Wait 10 to 20 minutes for it to harden. Remove the cast and brush away any dirt or other particles. On the back of the cast, use a permanent marker to write the date, the location where you found the track, and the name of the animal that you think made the track. Cast of prints are fine souvenirs for your adventure. You can also press a cast into damp sand to recreate a track a valuable study aid for improving the animal observing skills of everyone in your patrol and troop. Stalking. Get close to animals without them knowing that you are there is an excellent art. It allows you to find out what animals look like and where they would go and what they do. Stalking will test your patience and skills. If you have a camera, stalking may also give you some great opportunities for photographing wildlife. Stalking is a terrific mental exercise. To get close to wildlife, become a shadow. Become so much of a part of your surroundings that you seem to disappear. Be patient and control your body, moving slow slowly and silently. Stalking by waiting. Let animals come to you. Hide long enough near a well-used animal trail, and there will be a good chance that you will see them coming by. Take cover in the brush or in a blind and wait for the wildlife to appear. Much of the animal world is active after dark. On a night with a full moon, sit quietly at the edge of a meadow or near a lake or a stream. You might hear and see lots of activity. Socking by move me. To move closer to animals, make yourself invisible and silent. Hide behind tree stumps and clumps of grass. Keep near the ground and look around the sides of rocks and bushes, not over the top. Stay as low as you can. Cross hilltops and ridges so that your salute doesn't show against the sky. Move only when the animals are looking away. Freeze if they glance in your direction. Place your feet with care. Stepping on a trick or dry leaves might make enough noise to send the wildlife running. Many animals will be able to smell you from long distance. Try to stay downwind as you are stalking. When the wind is coming towards you, it won't carry your scent to an animal. Respecting wildlife. Respect the boundaries of animals and their needs. Do not chase wild animals or touch nests or burrows. If you come upon a living animal, leave it alone. Its parents could be hiding nearby, waiting for you to leave. When you can quietly move close to an animal, you can just as quietly slip away without disturbing it. The next section that we have is aquatics. Requirement 5A says, Tell what precautions must be taken for a safe swim. Precautions for a safe swim. Specific risks are present during activities that take place in and on the water. To help manage these risks, you will want to do the things the right way. Be a safe swim defense. The BSA Safe Swim Defense Policy sets rules for all their scout swimming activities. The eight points of the Safe Swim Defense are as followed. 1. Qualify Supervision. An adult leader aged 21 or older who is trained in Safe Swim Defense and committed to complying with its eight points 
must supervise all swimming activities with his or her committed to safe swim defense. That adult leader accepts responsibility for the well-being and safety of those in his or her care. Personal health review. Each swimmer must provide a current and complete health history to show adequate fitness for swimming activities. This helps the adult leader to be aware of any recently illnesses or injuries so that the acquaintance supervision and protection can be provided for any level of health, health conditions. In some cases, an examination by a physician might be required. The BSA annual health and medical record is required of all members annually and is perf perfect for meeting the personal health of review and the point of safe swim defense. Safe area. The water must be inspected to make sure it is reasonably clean, clear, and warm. Hazards must be eliminated or clearly marked before every swimming activity. Response personal lifeguard. Trained and properly equipped rescue personnel must be on duty whenever and wherever scouts are swimming. The lifeguard and lookout work together as a safety team, using a simple emergency action plan that has been shared with participants in advance. Lookout. A, look a lookout appointed by the supervisor monitors the conduct of the swim from a position that gives a clear view of everyone. While the lookout is not expected to perform rescues, he or she works together with the lifeguards to maintain a safe area. Eligibility Groups Each participant is limited to the swimming area and activities that match his or her ability. The BSA classification tests should be renewed every year at the beginning of the swimming season, but swimmers can be retested throughout the season if they are advancing in eligibility. A non-swimmer is just learning how to swim. A beginner has passed the BSA beginner's test. A swimmer has passed the BSA swimmer test. Earning a safe swim area. Safely shouldn't be neglected when it comes to swimming activities. Keep in mind these particulars when selecting a safe swim spot. Controlled access. Make sure there are safe areas for all participants to enter and leave the water. Mark off swimming areas of an appropriate depth of each ability group, making sure that the entire area is within easy reach of rescue personnel. Don't swim in an area that has both traffic, surfing, and other non-swimming activities. Bottom conditions and depth. The bottom must be clear of trees and debris. Lo located underwater headers should be marked with flags. The maximum recommended water depth in clear water is 12 feet and in turbid, muddy, or murky water is 8 feet. Visibility. Underwater swimming and diving are prohibited in turbid water. Turbid water exists when a swimmer treading water cannot see his feet. Swimming at night is allowed only in areas with both surface and underwater lining. Water quality. Avoid bodies of stagnant feet of water across with significant algae or foam or areas polluted by livestock or water flow. Comply with any signs posted by local health authorities. Do not swim in pools with green, murky, or cloudy water. Moving water. Participants should be able to easily regain and maintain their footing in currents or waves. Avoid areas with large waves, slifty moving currents, or moderate currents that flow towards the open sea or into areas of danger. Weather. Move a position of safety whenever lightning or thunder threatens. Wait at least 30 minutes after the lightning flash or thunder before leaving shelter. Take the precautions to prevent sunburn, dehydration, and hypothermia. Life jacket use. Swimming in clear water over 12 feet deep, in turbid water over 8 feet deep, or flowing water may be allowed if all participants wear properly fitted Coast Guard approved life jackets 
and the supervisor determines that swimming with life jackets is safe under the condition. 7. Buddy System Scouts never swim alone. Each scout must stay close to a buddy who is always know where he is and what he is doing. If buddies are not of the same ability group, they swim in the area assigned to the buddy with the lesser ability. About every 10 minutes, the safety team calls for a buddy check, but buddies should immediately alert the safety team if either buddy needs assistance or is missing. The most important thing that you can do when you are swimming is to keep up with your buddy. You should check in and out together, stay near each other, and alert if an adult or a buddy is in trouble. The buddy system also applies when you are boating and even back on dry land, like when you were going to go to camp commissary to pick up food. 8. Discipline Scouts know and respect the rules, and they always will follow instructions from lifeguards and other adult leaders. When the rules are applied constantly and impartially to all participants, everyone can have a safe and enjoyable swim. The next requirement is Requirement 5B. Demonstrate your ability to pass the BSA Beginner's Test. Jump feet first into water over your head in depth of level off and swim 25 feet on the surface. Stop. Turn sharply. Resume swimming. Then return to your starting place. The BSA Beginner and Swimmer Tests Passing the BSA Swimmer Test is a good way to know that you are prepared to take part in the most scouting aquatics activities. Here is what is required. Jump feet first into a water over the head in depth. Level up and swim 25 yards in a strong manner using one or more of the following strokes. Side stroke, breast stroke, turgeon, or crawl. Then swim 25 yards using an easy resting backstroke. The 100 yards must be completed in one swim without stops and must include at least one sharp turn. After completing the swim, rest by floating. If you aren't quite ready for the beginner's swimming test, you might be able to pass the beginner test. Jump feet first into the water in the head in depth, level off, and swim 25 feet on the surface. Stop. Turn sharply, resume swimming, and return to the starting place. Here are parts of the BSA Swimmer and Beginner Tests. Entering Deep Water Jumping into deep water is part of the BSA Swimmer and Beginner Tests. Jump feet first into deep water only when you have determined that the bottom is free of obstacles. Whenever you don't know the depth of the water or condition of the bottom, wade into the water or ease feet first into the seated position. Never dive headfirst into water unless it is 7 to 12 feet deep and you can see the bottom. Uh, after you have made certain that the bottom of the obstacle free, stand at the edge of the pool or deck. Um, bend slightly at the knees and hop forward into the water. Once you get comfortable with that method of entry, try stepping out further from the dock or poolside with your legs spread apart. Snap your legs together when you hit the water and push downward with your arms to keep your head above the surface, stopping, turning, and resuming swimming. To come to a halt while swimming, stop kicking and raise your head as you push down with your arms. You'll find yourself upright in the water and able to look around. By sweeping your arms back and forth under the water and making an occasional scissor kick with your legs, you can tread water and keep your head above the surface. To turn, rotate your face and shoulders in the direction you want to go. Then, sweep your arms sideways to turn your body. Lean forward and kick with your legs to level off on the surface of the water. Then, begin the swimming stroke to take where you want to go. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Scouting God Podcast. Next week, we will be continuing going over the second class break requirements in detail.